The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, the USS Enterprise gets destroyed. This week on Talking Back, the USS Enterprise gets destroyed. Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. With me in studio today, we have Terry and Jay. Guys, welcome. Hey Tim. Hello Tim, thanks for having us. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure to have you guys here. And when you're here, we're normally talking about Star Trek, so I love it. Yeah, what else is there to talk about other than Star I know, Trek? right? I, don't I know. Matters. Not much. <laughs> Well, there was movies, comics, and video games yeah, as well. Yeah, there's that. Those yeah. are good. Yeah. So Dean is away on assignment this week. We're doing what we like to do on those off weeks is we're doing a Star Trek episode. Absolutely. And I was going to lay down the firm hand and have us do another Voyager episode, but we're not going to do Voyager this week. Okay. Right. Yeah, you I guys, you guys got that. Right now. You got that memo, right? <laughs> Jay, did you watch the episode this time? I did. Okay, good. I did. <laughs> what episode was it again? We're gonna do a Star Trek: The Next Generation episode. Classic. Classic. So this is Terry. This is your favorite series, and Jay, this is your favorite series as well. So this should be good. Mm. Now we had recently gotten together. And had one of these infamous Star Trek days where we just watched Star Trek and talk about Star Trek. And we watched this episode and it leapfrogged my want to talk about Voyager. It was uh, such a great episode. We just kind of, we went on Netflix and randomly chose a season and randomly chose an episode. And it was this amazing episode. So we just thought we got to talk about this one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that good? Was that good? So to start things off. I'll give the start date. It's a little housekeeping. We always have to do the start date. So start date today, 73489.7. If any of the listeners want to reverse engineer that, they can find out exactly when we recorded. <laughs> um, Jay, uh, if you would, would you please put your tattoo up to the microphone oh. for everybody to hear? Okay. There it is. Uh, it's beautiful. It's, uh, <laughs> it's so pretty. Schematic of the Enterprise. Thank you. Happy to oblige. Okay. So this week we are doing an episode called Cause and Effect. Now this is from season five, episode 18. Right? Yes. We all watched that one, right? We watched it together. So I'd yes. be, actually, I'd be really embarrassed, Jay, if you didn't watch this one because he fell asleep we watched it all together. Yeah, he fell asleep. Yeah. Okay. So this episode directed by Jonathan Frakes, Jonathan Frakes, our good friend. Fantastic. Yep. Commander Riker. Yep. Now he's directed all sorts of stuff. He's done Next Generation. He's done Deep Space Nine. He's done Voyager. He's done Discovery. And he's um, also directing some of the new Picard series as well. Is he? Yeah, he is. He's done Star Trek movies. So this guy's he's got a wealth of uh, directing experience. Uh, He's been credited actually 43 times as a director. Really? But this this one, Cause and Effect, is his fourth credit. So fairly early on in his directorial career yeah wow does a very good job yeah you can't tell it's really well done so jump right into it i guess sure you want to summarize the yeah summarize the story yeah no this time we're just going to go through the story okay yeah i don't think we need to summarize it this one's a bit weird um i I feel like we'd even if we did summarize it we'd we'd ruin things you're right it'd be very repetitive literally i know you know (laughs) terry more than anybody that i don't like jumping ahead and ruining things right (laughs) But there is no jumping ahead. In right, this Terry? There is no jumping ahead. In this <laughs> well, let's not spoil anything, okay? I'm watching you like a hawk today. <laughs> okay. So, this episode, it starts off with one of the best openings of any episode for any series. Yeah, I agree. It's incredible. It grabs you in the first oh. just seconds. Oh, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's hard not to see it. Yeah, yeah it's hard not to want to keep going after you see it. So, basically, the Enterprise has sustained... Some sort of damage. We don't know how yet. Uh, Captain Picard has no other choice but to order the crew to abandon ship. But before anybody can get off, the ship explodes. Everyone's dead. And then the theme. And then the theme. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, what? The show's over. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's the end credits. (laughs) Yeah, that's the end of the series. A scene like that, you'd seen it 
you would see in a final episode of a season at some point. But yeah. Instead, you see it in the first, like, ten seconds. Yeah, that's right. Before the opening. Okay, so we get through the uh, the opening. Yeah. Ship is destroyed. Where can we go from here? Well, we roll through the opening credits. And then we see the Enterprise. And we hear Picard explaining that the Enterprise has entered an area of space called the Typhon Expanse. Well, didn't they just blow up? So I guess maybe we're looking at a flashback here or something. Yeah. But um, he says that they're the first Starfleet vessel to explore that region. Now, we go to something that I know the three of us have talked about and love in Next Generation. We go to one of their poker games. Oh, yeah. Yes. Lots of fun when the poker game happens. Now, we have Data dealing Mm -hmm. and also playing a Riker, Worf, and Dr. Crusher. In that order. Yes, sitting around the table in that order. Mm-hmm. True. Now, it's a pretty lengthy scene. Yeah. You don't normally get poker scenes this long. Man. It's for yeah. a reason. but Half the time it's interrupted by some sort of emergency and they go running out. Or... Yeah, that's right. That's right. So Data, he's doing his super fast Android shuffling yeah. here. It's so good. It's so <laughs> I cool. I love it. His hands are going like a, a, a million miles. They even comment on how they hope that he's not stacking the deck and Worf is like, right. better not be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Um, we get a hand where, you know, they do a round or two and Worf and Data end up folding under some heavy betting from Riker. Uh, Crusher sees them all the way down to the end, though. Mm-hmm. Riker makes a huge bet and Crusher calls him. And it turns out that Riker was bluffing. Riker asks how she knew. How does she know he was bluffing? And she just said that she had just had a feeling that he was bluffing. Mm-hmm. Just a feeling. And then the game ends because, like Terry said, the emergency gets call, mm-hmm. called in in the game end. And Crusher has to go to sick bay because Jordy's having an issue. Yeah. And I, and I just want to point out that during this, this is how great this scene is because I guarantee you, everyone watching it, for a moment, you forgot that we just watched the Enterprise yeah. destroyed. That's right. And we, we're now sucked into this card game <clears throat> between these characters and it's done so well. You, f- you forget what had just happened. You're, you're, it's true. You want to see the dynamic between Crusher and Riker. Yeah. You want to see who has the winning hand. And and so they transport you to a different level altogether. So I, th- I thought that was just great. And on the flip side, it was nice to see Riker lose a hand. Because every other time you see him play poker, he wins. Yeah, he normally wins. Nice yeah. He normally wins. Often by bluffing, sometimes by having it. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I mean, we kind of went through that pretty quick. But it was a longer scene. And it, they do a really good job of making that an intense hand. Yeah. And I 100% expected Riker to pull off his bluff. So when she called it, it was really interesting that she did call that. And then just said that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I even called it. I just, I had a feeling. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, that first poker scene, if I was to quantify the time on it, it's about three, four minutes worth of uh, yeah, time. It's good. They, they, they don't skim through it very fast. So um, that has an interest interest to me on, on how long they take for that when the ship just blew up. Like, why so long when you only get 10 seconds of ship blowing up, you know, so. So we go to sickbay. Jordy, he's dizzy and he has headaches. Now, amidst the conversation, Crusher asks Jordy if he's had these symptoms before. I guess she asks him because she feels like she's treated him for this before. Mm -hmm. Right. But he doesn't remember having these symptoms before, so she kind of brushes it off. That's kind of it for that scene. We move on to the next one. Uh, Crusher is now in her PJs getting ready for bed. Mm -hmm. Settle down, Terry. Settle down. Clipping plants. Right? She's settle down. She's doing something. Say, settle down. Settle down. Yeah. Terry, settle down. <laughs> okay. Okay. I know, okay. I know you I know you liked her outfit, her pink lacy pajama outfit. It wasn't so much lacy as it was. Silky, like maybe? Bear. Would you like say teddy silky? Teddy bear. Uh, like stuffed animal teddy bear. <laughs> stuffed animal <laughs> teddy bear lacy? Stuffed animal teddy bear lacy. Ooh, that's a whole That's other. why I asked, I asked you all. to settle down. It wasn't lacy at all. It was something um, like grandma would wear. <laughs> something like a grandma would wear oh. she also wow. takes a sip from the world's smallest uh, martini glass oh yeah wine glass yeah she's having a night beverage yeah she puts down her cup starts hearing some weird voices so as she reaches for the light to turn it on she knocks her night beverage over and that's kind of it for the scene we go to the next day and the crew like the main officers have assembled in their ready room there mm-hmm. And they're um, having a meeting. They're listening to Jordy telling them something about the Typhon Expanse. And Crusher reports hearing those voices the night before. And it brings it up to everybody. She says apparently 10 other people 
at the exact same time last night heard the same voices. But nothing was picked up on sensors. So it's kind of this weird, what's going on type, mm-hmm. type thing. Now, Picard is quickly called to the bridge by Worf. He says he's picking up some unusual readings. He says it's a highly localized distortion of the space-time continuum. I love those. That's, that sounds <laughs> bad, eh? Every that time I hear bad. one of those, I love the episode. If someone calls you and says that? <laughs> oh, yeah. man, it's great. You know it's going to be a good episode when For, it's a space-time continuum Yeah, episode. I mean, when you, and when yeah, you that's, the, that's the fun type of stuff, right? Really when does. you don't know how to write in a specific anomaly, you just, ah, just call it. It's a disrupted space-time yeah, continuum. Or an anomaly. Yeah. Anomaly is very well used. Uh, now, this this anomaly, like, we see it on the viewfinder. Visually, it just looks like a blue cloud of gas mm-hmm. to us. But a ship emerges out of the gas. Now, we can tell from, like, the appearance of the ship that it's a Federation ship. Yeah, it looks like we, a know, Federation. we know, Yeah, we know what Federation ships look like. But it's on a collision course with the Enterprise. And they have 36 seconds before collision. collision. So Picard asks for suggestions what to do. Because they're 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 immobile right now. They can't move. Thrust, thrusters aren't working. Yeah, something's not working. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they have they to come up. Just with, get out of the way. That's right. Good point. They have to come up with a different way to get out of the way. Now, do you ever, do you guys ever think like Picard knows what to do, but he's just like testing his crew to see if uh, they know what to do? Sometimes maybe, but in a situation where you got thirty six seconds or you die, um, he probably wouldn't take the chance. And he literally, he's got very very qualified engineers. Um, uh, pilots etc yeah he doesn't have the answer right in his head yeah so if he had the answer i wonder he would have blurted it out though i wonder i wonder maybe about Terry. I wonder. or he likes blowing up i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no i wonder that he's just <laughs> he's just seeing he's seeing which one of my uh, crew members knows best i don't know hmm. i'm just i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna think about that the rest of the episode now i have something to say at the end of the episode picard like, yeah. picard Strikes me as a captain who might just be doing that. Might be saying like, well, I know the answer, but which yeah. one of my crew members knows the answer? D minus. Yeah. <laughs> you fail. We all die. That's true. Because if no suggestions were, like no one acted on anything, he would have. He would come involved. up with something. He, yeah. yeah. He would have. I would like to think so, he yeah. would have. Yeah. yeah. So the suggestions come from Riker. He says he wants to decompress main shuttle bay as the explosive reaction might kick them out of the way. Mm-hmm. While Data suggests using the tractor beam to alter the other ship's trajectory. So Picard quickly orders that they engage the tractor beam to alter the trajectory of the other ship, mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite work well enough. The ship clips one of their warp nacelles and spins them into this uncontrolled spin, I guess. Yeah. And they're, um, we get that, that kind of the scenario again where Picard is saying, you know, abort, abort ship. Or all hands abandoned ship. Abandoned yeah. ship. Yeah, they can't eject the core. That's yeah. right. They want they try to reject the core because it's going to overload. They can't. Boom. Boom goes the Enterprise. Yeah, and we just saw that at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Slightly, slightly different angles, but we saw the same thing at the yeah. beginning of the episode. And now we're thrown into, okay, that kind of makes sense why we saw that first. Yeah. But we still don't know what that's all about. No. And the, we're 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 uh, watching a show that has twenty somewhat se- episodes per season, and then halfway through the season, they can't just blow up the ship never to be seen again. You know, like most shows don't work that way. No, and you so always you know something's up. Yeah, you know something's up, but you also know <clears throat> that it's not. You're never worried, like when the ship blows no. up at the beginning, that that's the end of the Enterprise. Like no. obviously they're going to make it through, but it's interesting, like what the episode is going to be about like yeah, what's yeah. the story they're trying to tell right like what, what ride be. are they going to take yeah. us on you know at the end of it it's going to be fine but mm-hmm. it's just like how do we go from point a to point b is that's yeah. where all the joy comes out well said so the ship's exploded so here we go again we're mm-hmm. back with picard introing where he explains the typhon expanse yeah um again the enterprise appears to be okay everything seems to be fine and we're back at the poker game they do a good job of starting you at the same spot again like, uh, it didn't just happen some random series of events that were different than the first time we saw that. Yeah, good point. They did the exact same series of events. and That's um, right. There, There's a there's maybe seven or eight scenes yeah. that happen, and they happen over and over again. So we yeah. see those same scenes. That's a, actually an important thing to say. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Now, so the game the game is kind of playing out again. The hands are being dealt the same. The comments they're making are the same. It's like they're reliving it all over again. Yep. 
Now, let's skip ahead a bit in this card game. Riker is about to make his big bluff at the end that gets called down by Crusher. Mm-hmm. But this time, he says to Crusher, he said, he looks at her and he says, you're going to call my bluff. He says, I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. And he folds his hand mm-hmm. before making that big bluff. And Crusher asks him how he knew. And he says, he just had a feeling. And Crusher says, she had a feeling too. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. I want to add mm-hmm. add to something that our summarization What's going on? can't do. Through the whole directing, like Jonathan Frakes directing it, or the writing of it, I'm not sure which one specifically, but there's a great amount of tension in this. Like, you're drawn into this scene, and you see that the scene is more or less the same as the first one until that ending, and every step of the way, you're like, okay, they're doing the exact same thing, and then it alters a little bit, and you're like, oh, what does that mean? And um, But it draws you in in this... In this I don't know, curious way of uh, suspense. Yeah, and, you don't uh, know what's going on. And and they're they're doing a great <clears throat> job at just leaving little morsels of information yeah. for you to follow. This this episode gave me chills as I watched uh, it, it scene also, by scene through it all. It also, uh, Jonathan is, listen to me talking to him. Like uh, we can call him John. Yeah, we can Come call on, we're, we're, John. we're friends with him, yeah. right? Uh, John does a great job <laughs> at, at building that tension, as you said, Terry, because uh, even the camera angles change. Uh, in that scene specifically, where I, maybe I'm the only one that picked up on this, but the camera centers Riker oh, yeah. close up on his face as he's talking to Crusher, and then it goes to her center. It's not off center or anything. Yeah, the camera is just so close up to their faces as they're having this exchange. It feels suspenseful. It's almost yeah. a little horrific, a little bit of the unknown. Yeah, I can drop a bit of knowledge on that because <laughs> I read into it a bit. I guess when the um, producers were looking at this episode, they said that we understand what you're doing, but we don't want you to use the same footage every time. So you actually have to reshoot everything. And you can kind of, you can, you can see that not only because they um, shoot from different angles, but you can tell that the actors don't deliver the lines exactly exactly the same each time. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was, I guess one of the, um, interesting things that uh, John had to figure out was how do I shoot each scene differently? Yeah. It sounds like it would be easy on the first offset of thinking about it. Oh, I have the scene. Well, I'll just shoot it and then I can reuse the same footage over and over again and uh, or as many, many ways as I can. But then you think, well, no, that doesn't work because it defeats the purpose. So if it defeats the purpose, now it's harder because I can't use the same thing over again. How do I make it different? Yeah, the and... producers thought that would look stale, <clears throat> and after watching it, I mean, a hundred percent agree. Yeah. It's engaging because it's almost you're almost more interested because you can kind of tell they're different. It, it's a different thing that's happening. Like they're, it's it's you almost get the sense that they are kind of reliving a moment. It's mm-hmm. not the mm-hmm. exact same moment. Something is a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. the scene wouldn't have the same power if it, there were multiple cameras set up. At different angles, and then you use the same footage. It would yep. just feel it would feel cheap. Uh, this feel I, I agree with everything you're saying, Tim. It, mm-hmm. it just feels better. It, it helps make the scene. And to be honest, the scene isn't exactly the same. Um, even yeah, the, the actors did a little bit of inflections differently. But at the very end, Riker folds. That's he right. Doesn't, he doesn't go all the way through. That's right. So right off the bat, you know that it's different because uh, because the outcome is different. But there are those inflections that are different. So, uh, yep. So, um, Crusher gets called away again to help Jordy in sick mm-hmm. bay. Again, she asks Jordy if he's had these symptoms before, but this time it's a lot sooner in the conversation. Yes. This time, Jordy says he has had the symptoms before, and but he can't remember. But he can't really remember. Yeah. And then they they kind of both ha- they they have this weird feeling about what's going on, but they don't know what it is. Now we're back at Crusher's quarters again. She's in her PJs, getting ready for bed. Teddy bear PJs. Teddy bear. Te- grandmother. Grandmother, <laughs> teddy bear, pink, silky PJs. They weren't really silky. She's, she uh, has a little sip out of her night beverage again, lies down. Mm-hmm. Here's the voices again. Gets up, knocks her drink over. And it makes the same crashing sound as it did the first time. I think that's what yeah. startled her the first yeah. time. Fuck, eh? She just keep knocking that drink over. Yeah, she yep. didn't seem to... Get the point. That's got to piss you off. Yeah. Hey, you're reliving that moment and you're just knocking that drink over, over and over again. Yeah, poor drink. 
I mean, if it's the future, come on, let's go stemless already. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why isn't it plastic? Oh, how do, how is it? How does it? Um, how does the glass break on carpet? That's a great question. Uh, maybe it hits the side of the table or something. I don't know. We don't really see it fall. We saw it get knocked off the table and that, and then we hear a crash. Yeah. So it maybe hit the side of a chair. L- for all listeners out there, let us know. Let us know if you know the answer to that. That's a good one. Maybe in space, carpet is hard. In the in the coldness of space, how do we know carpet is frozen? Carpet. How do we yeah. know the floor is carpet, and not uh, hardwood? For all I know, I don't. Steel. Everything don't. in That's the quarters a, is like I think it's all a like plush. Yeah, it's uh, all comfortable. I'm pretty sure I saw carpet. Okay, yeah. but, but we don't uh, we don't know for sure. I'm gonna see if I can find a picture of the carpeted floor. Okay, in so we know quarters. for sure in her in quarters. Her yeah, and I'll send it to you. It was probably just those grandma PJs laying on the yeah. floor over and over again, and uh, <laughs> there's no no hard surface. Okay, so they're back in the meeting, right? They're... No, they're not back in the meeting quite yet. Crusher goes to visit Picard because she can't right. sleep, right? right. Mm-hmm. And there's a, I always feel like there's this sexual tension between the there two of them, is. and there there is right. There's it's a not just me. The the backstory to it that I I know from the episodes is Picard served as the commanding officer of Crusher's husband, and something happened on that ship that we never see personally on the show, but they talk about in, in pieces. And Picard had to make a choice, and Wesley's father died on, under Picard's um, uh, his choice, command, his decision, command, and maybe even decision. And so I don't know how they knew each other, if they knew each other before that, but since that there's this tension, but it's not an animosity tension that you think that Beverly might have towards him and Wes or Will Wheaton, Wesley never had that, uh, towards Picard either. So, um, but there is some sort of tension there and I think it was friendship that never was allowed to develop between them because, uh, Picard didn't like, uh, dating people under his command. Um, especially, and if you're Picard, your command killed her husband. It'd be kind of hard to, uh, to step over that, you know, he's got more ethics. Well, I think they were friends too, like more than just, um, like captain and officer. I think they were friends. Yeah, they definitely were. Definitely. So I I guess, I guess there's that friend boundary that they never kind of cross, but they do have, I think they, it's, it's with both of them. I think they both are attracted to each other, they are, but they sure. both realize like it's, we're not going to do this because we don't want to, I don't know, like. I like that they make, leave, sorry. No, no, go ahead. They leave, they leave it up to interpretation by us. We can sense that there's tension. We can sense mm-hmm. there's an attraction, but they don't feel the need. It's like to, to create a, uh, a flashback episode or to yeah. kind of go spend the entire time to explain it why it is the way it is. They don't have to. I think the way they, they left it is perfect. Like we know it's there. We know something, they have history at some point in their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, Terry, and, and the rest is just interpretation. It is what it is. And I yeah, like that. That's a good point. I like yeah, that. Yeah. They don't have to, it's not something you have to throw in our face. It's just subtle. We pick up on it, but they don't really do yeah. much with it. And that's fine. Yeah, their relationship reminds me of that one episode of Voyager with Chakotay and Janeway trapped on that one planet. Oh, affected that's by so good. And Chakotay himself says something in a poem or something saying the, the warrior realized that she wasn't his enemy and that she was a great, great leader and he was falling for her. Something along those lines where you get a sense of Chakotay actually had feelings for the captain and but they were there on that planet for two months or three months or whatever it was and it never quite developed and it always reminded me of that because yeah uh, that's a that's great um this is great because this will give me a chance to talk about voyager this episode (laughs) (laughs) i threw that in there yes thank you terry (laughs) to throw him a bone (laughs) yeah they um they were both infected by something yeah uh on on this planet this away this away planet and they they went to yeah they they couldn't leave because they were infected with it so until the um the ship finds a cure for them they are stuck on a planet mm-hmm. and the ship leaves they're just like we we have to go yeah and yeah there's a lot of cool stuff going on in the ship about you know how do we leave our captain and first in command behind but on the planet they just basically like they've accepted that they're not you know going anywhere anymore they have to live on this planet so they start building like shelter and uh he builds her like a wooden bathtub all sorts of furniture (laughs) yeah but but after they're there for a long time you know um i think they janeway just engages him about like you know is there ever would there ever be anything between us i guess she's kind of thinking like maybe she was trying to figure out where they stand and where Mm -hmm. he stands right and he used one of his um 
like, spirit guide kind of yeah like his, his or um i don't know what you call that it's like a, an ancient uh like a story parable or, or uh, a parable or something that has been passed down from his people and yeah the parable basically stated like to sum it up it was like we'll always be friends but we'll never be more than that it's almost like he's he'll be her protector but nothing more oh okay mm-hmm. i got the sense of the other way around that uh it was. It could lead more than that. No, it wasn't that. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it was the opposite. It was like, look, we're always going to be friends, and I'll always like take care of you here. But we're not going to do it. Pretty. Bold and she was, statement with the only other woman on the planet. I know, but she was. <laughs> she was kind of. She's kind of relieved at the moment. Though she was like, oh, thank goodness. Man, you, you got. You got to feel for Chakotay when uh, you're the only man on the planet, and she's relieved that she doesn't have to mate with you. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So, anyways, Terry, thank you for bringing in Voyager to you're this welcome. episode. Where okay, where are we? Hold, hold on, hold on a second. Uh, Beverly just came into Picard's. Uh, I feel like our podcast yeah. exploded, and now we're starting over again. Yeah. <laughs> Beverly came in to uh, talk to Picard because she has these uh, these weird feelings. Uh, That's that right. Things are happening. That's over right. Again. So I like this. Picard doesn't just brush her feelings off. Mm-hmm. Like he takes them very seriously, and um, he thinks that there could be something going on. So he immediately calls to Jordy and orders uh, Jordy and, and Data to run a shipwide diagnostic yeah. to see if anything's going on. Yeah. But so, even before that, she asked, well, did you, did you uh, ever get the sense that, that you did something again? And he mentioned something about the book. Remember? Uh, he did. He did. He, he's like, scene. I feel but like, uh, felt like he was reading his book again. Yeah. But he, or did he, I jump? he did. He did. It, the weight of it wasn't there yet. I think he just no, thought, like, oh, oh yeah, no, I had that feeling. I kind of feel but, like I read this couple chapters before, yeah. but, but never, that's about it. Yeah. 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 But this is so, a new scene. We don't see this scene the first round. No, you don't. This and that's the interesting part of it. So the team is back the next day in the in the ready room. And they're reviewing the results of the diagnostic. And basically nothing out of the ordinary turns up. Uh, Crusher again brings up that 10 other crew members reported hearing voices. Worf again interrupts that he's picking up visual distortions. Picard goes to the bridge as normal. And we all know what's coming here. Ship explodes. Yes, hit, hit same, again. Yeah. Same thing. Hit, yep. hit again. Explodes. He asks for suggestions. Data says one thing. Riker says the other. He goes with Data's. Yep. Data's plan, and uh, the same thing happens exactly the same way. So we're obviously stuck in this weird time loop that where they they can't avoid being destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's a small timeline, and they're just yet, starting they it, even ending it. it, and 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 getting destroyed, and they don't know it. They they feel like something's up, but they don't know it. Okay, back at the poker game. This time they pick up on this time loop pretty quick. So Worf remembers first that something is mm-hmm. feeling off to him. And Crusher agrees. She starts calling what card is going to be dealt next. Yeah. Now, I really like Data in this scenario because he's perfect as this android who isn't experiencing the same phenomena that they are. Yeah. Right? Um, so the fact that they're calling out the cards he's about to deal probably are just is just fucking with him like on such a huge level yeah like he's probably never experienced like a card game where all of a sudden one of the players starts calling out the cards he's going to deal like i wonder how he's trying to process that and then the jordy thing happens right away yeah she gets called she gets called off again to sick bay oh no no she she doesn't get called off she has this feeling and calls sick bay Mm -hmm. and she says is jordy there yeah and the girl says no he's not and then jordy walks in like two seconds later yeah yeah she goes to sick bay crusher goes to sick bay and calls Picard there. Now she asks Picard if he's been experiencing a feeling of repetition. And he says, you know, come to think of it, I have. Mm-hmm. And Crusher says she investigated Jordy's headaches and why they're happening. And it's because he's picking up some sort of visual distortion through his visor. Mm-hmm. So like after images. That's right. Yeah, they said something about after images. That I don't know what that means. I don't think it means much to us. It's like blurriness in his eyes or something that yeah. throws him off. So Beverly's back in her quarters, time for bed, except this time, sorry, Terry, she's not in her PJs anymore. I don't know. She's in her uniform. Was she? Yeah, she's in her uniform. She also doesn't trim her flowers like she did each time. No. But she had the drink. She had the drink, but... That's important. She doesn't put it down right by her bed. She puts it on a table further away. She puts it and then she moves it because she senses That's right. She did put it down. Yeah, you're right. She did put it down right beside her bed, then moved it. Now she starts hearing these voices again and pulls out her tricorder. Mm-hmm. Um, she ends up running out of the room and still knocks over yeah, the her fucking drink. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great, uh, like you said, nice touch. It was a great... Um, audio representation of the repetitiveness of it all. Yeah. 
Because yeah, the, the same the audio clip following helps. is one thing, but hearing that that same crunch or same shatter is uh, and and it, it it hit her the same way. It's like it was that snap of reality that this just happened again. You know, yep. even though she kind of sensed that it was going to, and she tried to avoid it. Yeah, exactly. So, Jordy, Data, Crusher, they're all in engineering, and they find that this time Beverly was able to record six point two seconds of sound during those voices. Now, Data analyzes the sound and determines there are roughly 1,000 voices overlapping. Yeah, only Data can do that. Only really. Data. And it took him like three seconds. Yeah. He's just like, let me let me check that out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's 1,000 overlapping voices. 600 yeah. intimate discussions. And oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> 200 he got super detailed with, yeah. with the when, breakdown of like the 1,000. Two really intimate discussions. When he was explaining it to Picard, yeah, he went to that breakdown. And that was the only real piece of comedic tone in the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> And Picard, like, shuts them down. <laughs> I don't need in, to know that in much In Picard detail. style, yeah. Uh, okay, that's enough. Yes. So he says, though, he says those thousand overlapping voices are all from the crew. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And he isolates. Now, we're back in the ready room again with the officers. Jordy explains they've entered a temporal causality loop. So he says they're stuck in a specific fragment in time that's repeating. So, basically... What we're seeing is each time they go through this loop, the crew remembers and learns more and more and more about mm-hmm. the situation they're stuck in. This is the furthest they've been yet. Yeah. That uh, understanding that they actually are stuck in yeah. some sort of that a time That we've loop. seen anyway. This is where they showed the image of it, right? Where the, uh, where the ship kind of goes up and over and back again kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, they show this us is... like a yeah, graphical uh, yeah. illustration of what's happening. Um, now, they have no, no way of determining how long they've been stuck in this loop. Could be hours, could be months, could be years. They don't know. Now, they've gathered enough information from those 1,000 voices to know that the ship encounters a catastrophic disaster. Mm -hmm. So they know that something bad is going to happen, but they don't know how and they don't know when. Now, Jordy brings up a great point here that maybe there's a way to send information to the next loop so that they have like a head start in understanding what's going on. So they're trying to figure out, like, what what could that look like? What could this message be? How do we yeah. do that? Now, Data says if he's if he gets, like, set up correctly, then he could pick up a transmission on a subconscious level. Yeah. A very, very short one. A very, very short one, right. One or two s- symbols or characters or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like something like three characters or something. I yeah, think yeah something said. very something short. Very, yeah. very, very, like, minute, but... Yeah. On a side note, the entire time this was happening, every time almost I've seen this episode, I get chills watching it because I'm I'm completely invested in this whole uh, scenario. And every time they go through this this thing and they're getting a little bit closer, a little bit closer to figuring it out, I'm like, come on, you guys can do it this time. You can do it this time. And you're hoping they don't backslide. They don't forget. They don't uh, whatever. And uh, every single time I've seen this episode, I got chills from these scenes. But yeah. When they're trying to talk about, well, we could send a message forward. And they did a brilliant job writing this episode. For sure. They do a great job with just, I think I mentioned it before, but they do a great job with just like baby stepping us along. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, Dr. Beverly Crusher is, is totally our... Um, detective in this story yeah she's she the one who is I guess so, leading yeah. the charge of figuring things out she's it's the one who here. remembered first she's the one who most of the scenes focus around or mm-hmm. she's in most yeah. of the scenes so she's she's our hero in that's this that's a one. very good point uh, i didn't realize until you mentioned it follows her more than anybody yeah she's in every she's in every major repetitive scene she's she in is, the poker yeah. game she's in jordy's uh visualized like that she's talking to, to picard about it she's in the meeting after like she's in every step of uh, every scene uh that that repeats she's in her jammy jams she's in her jammy jams i know you left that her out on purpose jams. you left that out on purpose they were not really attractive jammy jams <laughs> um i like that they uh did this with crusher's <laughs> character though you, you don't normally get these type of episodes with her so i really appreciated yeah. her kind of being the hero and um Mostly her episodes are not nearly this interesting. No, I know, I know. I feel the same way. Yeah, they, they usually kind of sideline her, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. She is a great actress, and she's great in the roles. So yeah, it's nothing yeah. against her character and or her. It's just, whatever episodes w- with her, I just don't find them nearly as entertaining as some of the other characters that they focus on. Yeah. And uh, this is one of those um, definite exceptions to the rule. Yeah, I mean, she is a doctor, right? So I think some of her other... You know, storylines have to do more with her doing doctorly things, mm-hmm. which it's not always as exciting as a, a temporal causality loop, mm-hmm. right? Right. So 
Yeah, the Voyager, I'll throw it back to you here. Oh, hey, here we go. The, Voy- the Voyager Doctor has so much other elements that are wrapped into his existence yeah. that it makes for a more interesting Doctor Exactly, yeah, so. yeah. Because he can do all those other yeah, um, uh, aspects of... Yeah. He can do And he's whatever. just trying to be human. So yeah. uh, that's also very interesting. Let me tell you a story about that, Doctor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Tim goes on for 30 minutes about I ranted that, enough <laughs> about Voyager. <laughs> So they they do they do this thing that Data had mentioned, right? They yep. set up this whatever in his head. They've got his like his scalp bright. off, his, and they're doing <laughs> yeah. it. All the lights are going, yeah. and they're hitting some yeah, yeah. The light bright. They're sticking some new. It's a light bright brain. Yeah, <laughs> that that was their practical effects. They're back changing then. pathways, or who knows what. But they set him up so he's ready to accept these messages. Now, here we go. They're called to the bridge again. Same old scenario. They do all the same things over again, and we get the same outcome. Yeah, they use... Death uh, by explosion. Yeah, but just before it, just Data before does it. some sort of uh, typing on his little gizmo or something oh, like that. Oh, did he? His, I didn't notice you that. You didn't see that? No, I, did, yeah. I didn't notice that. It was that. maybe like two seconds worth of footage. He just went like this. Literally oh, two seconds before explosion. Okay. He quickly does this cool. with his arm. And, uh, Very cool. I didn't notice that. And, so you get the sense, okay, he, so he sent, he sent he the message did forward. Now, did now we're now we're rolling with it, right? Yep. Okay, excellent. And then they start the poker game again. Excellent. Well, no, we're back to Picard telling us about the Typhon Expanse. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we go back to the card game. Now, again, they pick up on the loop even faster this time. Yes. Crusher calls out the first four cards. Yep. Like she did... Well, before she called out... Yeah, she called out the first... Four. No, before she called out the next cards that were going to come in the round, this time she calls out the first four... But they're different. Yeah. She's yes. not right. None of them are correct. It's the first cards are all the threes. three card. And then they say, okay, we'll deal out the rest of the cards. Let's see what happens. Each player ends up with three of a kind. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's a three, and then they each have three cards on top of that that yeah. match. So three of a kind. And as an audience member, we're all like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, because yeah, you, th- you, you, this is the first time, yeah. this is the first time we're kind of getting busted out of this loop yeah we're used to now seeing this hand and what exactly comes out but this is mm-hmm. different right again this is probably pretty funny for data who's who's thinking okay the crusher stopped the poker game to tell me what's going to come yeah. next keep yeah. dealing and, then she's and nothing everything's wrong but then everybody gets three of a kind and like mm-hmm. four threes the are odds he, I, I don't remember if he actually tells the odds but they're like massively i feel against like a, he does yeah, yeah i think he says the words like this is 26 million one or something yeah something highly, Im- highly improbable yeah. yeah so and so the entire time just like we said in the first times we were going through this loop the camera angles are different yep they're yeah, different every time it changes every time it's coming yeah. from a different angle yeah, and I don't remember where they are in this this version. Why but, not? Uh, Why don't you remember? I'm pretty sure it's Riker, Riker's bulge shot. Probably around there. <laughs> Jay, kind of oh, starts, always be and then kind bulge of shot. pans up. Oh, it, well. We haven't talked yeah. about this. Yes. I'm actually surprised it took us this long. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know where to throw that. We're, we're talking we're, about that foot on the ledge. I've been waiting. Thing, right? This is a meme. This is an internet meme. It is. Jay, yeah. I'm going to let you take this. Should we wait until he actually does it? or do you want He's, to he's done it over and over again yes, so far. true enough. Every time... Every time he's about to give his suggestion for how to avoid the collision... Yeah, on the bridge. Jay, what does he do? Oh, he, he puts his leg up on the... Pedestal. On the console. On Data's pedestal, console. And he pretty much just flashes his bulge right in front of Data's face. Open open crotch. His not crotch. Not even the other leg. Not even and, the other leg. Yeah. And it's he does this, yes, repeatedly in this episode, but he is notorious throughout the series for doing this. It happens so many it times. It happens so many times. That's hilarious. And I don't know if he, as an actor, was aware he was doing it. Maybe I think of him as a director, he's aware. Of it. He's the director. <laughs> yeah, but maybe he must be that. aware of it. But, but the, the 100 or so episode or 75 episodes before this, when when he wasn't the director and he was just an actor, maybe the directors told him, "Okay, it looks better if you're kind of perched forward with data and everything like that." But uh, it is a comfortable way of standing when you're when you're trying to see over the over data's shoulder and that. But so it, that makes sense. It was never really picked up on, upon until no. in recent years, I guess, when it did become an internet meme. And yeah. you know, when you're watching it as it happened. I never really thought of it as humorous that, that that's something that always occurred. No, but then just, when you, you can't unsee it. No, it's, it's, it. it's just like the amount of times people rip into Worf and insult Worf. Like you, <laughs> you don't really realize it until like years later and you're watching a video clip and someone puts a collage together. And yeah. It's like, holy crap, you're right. Worf was... Uh, Deanna's, Deanna's mom calling him Mr. Woof all the time. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Riker's Bulge. There you go. I have, I have an idea why in this episode they did it. Hmm. Well, it's very don't... useful. Well, I think I think they did it. I do see why 
it happened. You'll say it but at we'll, the end. We'll get there, the, yeah. The okay. Yeah, I'll say it at All the right. end. All right. I don't want to ruin anything. You're jumping ahead. I don't like to do that. Jumping ahead here. I don't like to jump ahead. I don't like to spoil things, and I don't like to ruin things. Okay? Sound like a second grade teacher or something. <laughs> <laughs> Is everybody listening? You get all kerfuffled by Riker's bulge. And <laughs> yeah. 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 Put your bulge away. <laughs> Uh, I love, what point are we at? I, I uh... Uh, we just start just finished the poker game where three of a kind, three yeah. So exactly. So Crusher again gets called to sick bay. <clears throat> Same shit as before, but now she's even more certain that this has all happened. Yeah. She calls Picard to sick bay and explains this the situation. Mm-hmm. And I love this because Picard shows up in his evening wear. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. like got his shirt his shirts like wide open, and yeah. he's a he's, well, a, he's, he's a handsome man. He's, he's a handsome man. He's got that. He's, <laughs> he's a handsome man. man. Well, he was like 94's, 1994's sexiest man alive. Yeah, 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 magazine yeah, or something. So back in engineering, Jordy asks Data to run a level two diagnostic <laughs> on the warp subsystems. <laughs> Data's doing his Android typing. Yeah. He's like. <laughs> Million miles an hour, million miles an hour. It's awesome. I love it. The results on the display are all the number three. Yeah, all across like the board. Hundred of them. Hundred of them. Yeah. Uh, now, data, data speaks up and says he's encountered the numeral three an inordinate number of times <laughs> over the last two hours. I love that he hasn't mentioned this to anybody yet. <laughs> He's just like, threes are popping up everywhere apparently for him, yeah. but he hasn't told anybody. I'm going to hang on to this information. <laughs> yeah, he says he's he's seen, well, they go back to the meeting room, and Data brings up that he's seen 2,085 <laughs> examples of the number three, but he hasn't said anything. Why hasn't he said That's anything? That's a lot of threes. This, this is Data. He'd be If he sees like five in a row, he should be going to the captain yeah. saying, I think something's going on. But yeah. he's just like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's I need somebody one. to check out my light bright head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Check into this. something's wrong with my light bright brain. <laughs> so um, it's at this point they're actually they are actually on to the fact that they're trying to send themselves a message. Yes, they picked the up on that. Talking about it, yeah, right? yeah. So they get, uh, but again, they get called to the bridge. Let's everybody, time to get blown up yeah. again, everybody. Before we get to the bridge, though, I want to I want to point out something I noticed the first time I saw sure. the show, and every other time. Okay. Okay. So. Leading up to this loop, because uh, we've had three or four loops now we've seen. Leading up to this loop, every loop has grown a little bit more information, a little bit more information. They've gotten a little bit wiser. They've gotten a little bit closer to figuring this out. This loop, they've gotten closer to figuring it out. But the last loop, they knew well enough to send messages to themselves. This loop, they figured out, well, if I wanted to send a message to myself, this is how I would do it. So they figured out that they were probably sending these threes was something they were trying to send from the past loop. But what they didn't do, and this part gave me chills and made me nervous, was, okay, if you guys don't figure it out this loop, you're not sending anything forward to the next loop. You guys don't have any information to give, and you're backstepping that's, however many steps you That's a great are. point. That's I a really good point. Yeah. And I was always nervous about that because... If they don't go forward, they go backwards. They would and start if, over again if they didn't. Yeah. If they, I'm, I'm going to say that probably the producers and writers didn't even think that far ahead either. I, maybe like not. That's, that's a, wow. Yeah. That and, adds uh, a whole other level to it. I think and I was I, always nervous about it because uh, I'm yeah. like, if you guys don't, if what if you fail? Or what if something happens again because you're going to blow up again? How are you going to warn yourself? That's a really good point. They should have done a little like brief segment where they actually... We should still. We still should. Send they ourselves. still talk about sending this message back just in case. Yeah. But then kind of proceed with their plan. Yeah. That's a really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just uh, unraveled a plot hole here, Terry. I suppose. Yeah. That's we good. could always take it under the assumption that they did. You know, uh, even though in this case it's not clear. You know, a lot of times where a guy goes from his house and then he's driving his car, you just take the assumption he walked to his car to go drive in it. It's just a, a given, right? So, yeah. Uh, I mean, there maybe are... it's a given. They're also like a confident crew, so they might think like, we have enough information here to get out of this, so or, we're kind of on the right path. We're under we're the impression that, uh, okay, we sent ourselves a message last time, we should believe that they'll do it again, simply because uh, they're competent enough to see yeah. that, you know? Yeah. No, that's a really good point, though, Terry. So, back on the bridge, I believe. Yeah, we're yeah, back, yeah, we're back yeah, on the bridge. Let's go to the bridge and get blown up, everybody. We're going to get blown up. We're back on the bridge. Yeah. So, the, the this other ship comes out of the anomaly... Same place, same time. Riker gives his suggestion. Yeah. Decompress main shuttle bay. Mm -hmm. Data gives his suggestion. Use the tractor beam. But Data slowly looks over at Riker, who's standing 
way too close to him, as we mentioned. <laughs> Picard's and, already given Data the go-ahead to do his idea, though. True. And true, Data was yes. just about to do it. Yeah, he was just about to do it, and he looks over and he sees Riker's three pips. And probably his bulge. Right. Most likely his, his bulge is probably touching Data's shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Data says the tractor beam will not be successful. So he's saying his idea is not going to work. Yeah. And he decompresses the shuttle bay. Now this pushes Enterprise out of the way. There's no collision. And mm-hmm. avoids the collision, yeah. We're, yep. we're out of the loop, it seems. And we're all doing the phew. Yeah. For the first time it. in the episode. Yeah. So Data says, I mean, I think Picard says, like, why, did you, why didn't you listen to my order? And yep. uh, Data says at the last second, he speculated that three might refer to the number of rank insignia on Riker's uniform indicating that Riker's suggestion might be the right course of action. And that's just brilliant writing. Yeah, it is. Data says he may have inadvertently been responsible for all the instances of the number three. He was. He was. He was. He was. He was. He He typed all the threes. Yeah. And he just didn't know it. So he did. He did manipulate the deck in his shuffle. It it turns out. But his subconscious did it. It's funny how they started the episode with Worf telling him not to do that. Yeah. And they brought I've, it all the way back around. I, I'd never picked up on that until and right now. He yeah, warned him, he better not, he better not, he uh, did stack the deck. Stack the That's deck. hilarious. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. Okay. So the whole Riker with his leg up on the console thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's right at that, that ending point there where data looks over and the camera is on data. He just slowly looks over the camera pans on the same level, not very far right over to Riker's pips. Right. So the camera doesn't have to like go up mm-hmm. or go over or go out of the way. It's this, this single camera shot that just slowly goes from data to Riker's mm-hmm. neck. Yep. So I think they wanted him leaning forward down in a position where the camera could be looking at data and then slowly just make its way over to Riker rather than having to go down and up with the yep. shot or too far away like if Riker was on the other side of the bridge yeah so I think in that moment it was very easy for them just to have that small subtle camera move that needed to be small because it's like this frantic moment and they get away with data slowly looking just at his, his yeah. neck his neckline there I that's that's incredible I, I would agree extremely yeah. well thought of and also it's uh worthwhile to say that um um us as an audience still don't know what three means we didn't, at that point, we didn't know what three meant. We didn't know what the right answer was, etc. And we don't know until they do that camera scene and then Data explains it later. Yeah, you're, you're right. It would be so out of his character and, and just strange for him to have to look all the way up to look at his neck. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. So, uh, yeah, that was probably their plan from the very beginning. Very good point and uh, very good directing to do that. Yeah. Know? And uh, Data had only a small window of time because... Every single time Riker was leaned over like that, he got tossed around. It, like right before the ship blew up, he mm-hmm. would get tossed out of frame somewhere. So Data only had like a oh, split second to, yeah, only if, to did, see that. Didn't he fall down one time? I think uh, he, he I fell think... down every time. I when I oh, did he fall down I, every time? When I rewatched it, there's a couple scenes where he just kind of disappears off frame. <laughs> <laughs> He's got one leg up, and the ship starts rocking, yeah, and he goes. There's, there's one scene where you can really see him go, but yeah, he. Uh, so there was a minute amount of time for Data to see that. So mm-hmm. yeah. They uh, they check the time. They use uh, the Federation time bank beacon. <laughs> how long were we <laughs> to, in to find out how long they've been in the loop? And it's luckily it's only been seventeen days. Yeah, that's not luckily, too bad. That's luckily, not too bad. It's like a vacation. That's a vacation, right? Yeah. They just went on vacation for two weeks. Um, but now this other vessel's there now, right? So Federation this other vessel, vessel, yeah, this Federation vessel hails them. It's the USS Bozeman. Mm-hmm. Enterprise scans the vessel and finds that it's a class of ship. That hasn't been used in 80 years. And you can mm. tell from the, the uniforms or when you see Once we get there, yeah. Sorry, I jumped in. That's okay. We're just, we're just about at the end, so I'm not going to... I won't uh, get upset. Well, there's only 10 seconds it's, later. It's, anyway. uh, <laughs> so again, it's captained by none other than Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> yeah. He's great in the He role. sort of has hair here. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. fantastic in the Oh, he is great. He's completely believable. He, he, and, uh, he is great, but I didn't expect uh, Frasier to pop up on this. Oh, no, no. Not way. at all. But this would have been pre-Frasier, wouldn't it? Or was this uh, during Frasier? This was Cheers. This is Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. So here's an interesting um, 
interesting side note, they wanted Kirstie Alley to be his first officer oh, been cool. on the oh, bridge yeah. to reprise her role from yeah. the movie. Yeah. Oh, that would have been, 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 been cool. cool. Hey? Yeah. She had some scheduling issues, so oh, it didn't happen. It but that would have been, been so like 30 neat, seconds, right? 30 seconds I know, of the episode. I know. Jeez. That's I forgot she was in that, that first movie. Yeah. It was her first movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It would have been really cool to see that. That would have been fantastic. Basically, Picard breaks the news to them. Um, because the Bozeman crew, they think they've been gone for three weeks. Yeah. They right? They've been yeah. stuck in this loop. Yeah. He, he, so he breaks the news to them, says that Kelsey should beam aboard yeah, because I, they have something to and, discuss. And wear your diapers. Wear your diapers. You're going to need them. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the end of the episode. What do you guys want to say about that? Anything else? I, 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 go ahead. Yeah. No, you, you, well, I was just going to say one of my favorite episodes of all time of any Star Trek was that one. We had a pretty good discussion after we watched this. We were questioning this Bozeman ship, mm. and like, where did where did this ship come from? What was it doing in this loop? Um, Before the Enterprise got there, yeah. And it's interesting that they say over and over and over again because we get looped back to it. But Picard keeps saying they are the first Starfleet vessel to investigate this region of space. Mm-hmm. So, what is another another Starfleet vessel doing there? So that that was kind of I was kind of hung up on that a little bit from our discussion. We didn't really. Figured out, but I just assumed Bozeman never checked in, so nobody knew they were ever in that area. Yeah, yeah but why would they have to be in that area? I thought this was a break in the space time continuum. Let well, me tell you why. Oh, okay, may I? Yeah, yes. you may. You may. So, looking I, forward to it. I, I looked into it a bit to see if there was anything behind that, and there is 100% there is. Oh, good. So, there's a book called Ship of the Line, okay, which is about the USS Bozeman, okay, and it explains that the Bozeman helped stop a Klingon invasion force that was hiding in this expanse. Oh, that's cool. So I guess this area of space is close to the Klingon border. So the Bozeman was kind of undercover in this expanse looking for these Klingons. Now, after the altercation with the Klingon, the Bozeman itself needed to hide. I guess they sought out the Klingons, they Mm -hmm. found the Klingon force, but then got attacked, were damaged, Mm -hmm. and flew deep into it to hide, Mm -hmm. thus getting stuck in this loop with the Enterprise when the Enterprise... What causes their their loop? And this is where we had discussion, and I haven't resolved it in my own mind to see your guys' way because it doesn't quite make sense to me. Enterprise's loop gets caused because, in my mind, because they crashed with the Bozeman, blew up, it starts to loop over again for Enterprise. 17 days in a row it did that. But the Bozeman's been there since 80 years ago, or they flew forward into time somehow because they've been away for 80 years. Uh, that's approximately the, the time in between the Bozeman and there. So if Enterprise was 17 days of this, how come the Bozeman was 80 years of this? Like, obviously Enterprise wasn't there 80 years ago. So what did the Bozeman come forward in time 80 years and then start crashing into Enterprise? The, Bo- the Bozeman they... was there 80 years earlier. But how were they there 80 years later when the Enterprise is there? That's my question. Because of the temporal causality loop that they were saying. Like there's a, like a time a time loop that's going were on. Were they right? in a time loop for 80 years and then crash into the Enterprise 17 days in a row? Or like I don't, I don't understand. I understand Enterprise being there 17 days. I understand Bozeman being there 80 years. But I don't understand what causes... Bozeman to lose 80 years is basically my my thought. I understand why Enterprise loses 17 days because they keep crashing into them and starting over again. But where's the 80 years from the Bozeman? Did they move forward in time? Like they accidentally hit a... They went, they went forward in time in this loop. They, they simply shot they forward simply in time. They simply shot okay, forward in time. Okay, so that time, makes yeah. more time. Makes not, a lot more sense. I'm not sure. Like, I think we're, we have to do suspension of disbelief here with this anomaly. Mm-hmm. Enterprise comes to this anomaly... And for some reason, the Bozeman comes out. No, yes. We don't know why the Bozeman comes out. No. Uh, but it does. So maybe the Bozeman was just stuck in its own loop of going through and back Are to the other side. Are you thinking 80 years worth of it? I, that's no, no. I, I, think, I think it still jumps into the future. Or maybe, maybe just Enterprise's presence at this anomaly causes... This reaction to happen. That's so what we, I. Oh, we so have to. I think we have to. Comes forward eighty years. Like I think I, we have I'm to say that, that eighty years. I know they don't explain it, but I think we have to say like like we have to give something to this this anomaly that's happening. Mm-hmm. Something is going on that's not explained and we don't understand. But when Enterprise gets there, the Bozeman comes through for whatever reason. Like they were, um, they're talking about like weird like the ships get like the the ship is shutting down, systems are shutting down, right? Like. Um, that's where they, they can't fly anymore. They can't yeah, yeah, move. Right. So there's weird things happening. Yeah. So I think we're just expected to 
you know, accept that something weird happened, the ship kind of on the other side or within the same anomaly gets pulled through for whatever reason mm -hmm. and causes this loop to start happening yeah. and then it just continues to happen. So I think, Terry, that I, th I think the forward. Bozeman gets forward. pulled forward that makes 80 years, but they think they were gone for three weeks. Enterprise was gone for 17 days. So it's like the same, it's pretty close. the same timeline of them thinking how long they've both been gone for. Yeah. Yeah. And that pulled forward 80 years makes sense to me until, until I swallow that as an answer. Um, the, the only other scenario that makes any sense is Enterprise is stuck in their 17-day loop. Bozeman is stuck in their whatever loop, and the crash is causing it. But if there's nothing to accommodate for that 80 years, then what was Bozeman crashing into or restarting sure. their cycle for yeah. 80 years, right? And it makes uh, sense. When, when I, up until we discussed it like three weeks ago or whatever that was, two weeks ago, and uh, now um, I didn't have a uh, viable answer for that 80 years. Yeah, we don't have one. I think it's like just I, the, anom a, good, the anomaly did it. <laughs> well, that's a really good explanation because that episode I was just talking about with uh, Shooter McGavin and that was the same kind of idea. The ship came through some, an anomaly like that and that and it caused all sorts of havoc. But uh, it was the same concept of coming through something and uh, um, and it works. They've they've taken this the exact same concept of the Bermuda Triangle and just put it in space. Yeah. Instruments are failing, uh, and there's always reports of something coming through or things yeah. disappearing. So that's all this is. And I always viewed it as the Bozeman 17 days ago came through this rift at some point, encountered Enterprise, and the collision caused a loop for 17 days. Yeah. I mean, the name of the episode is Cause and Effect. So mm -hmm. the cause of that collision created this effect this effect that has continued. So um, that's really interesting that they were the story backstories that they were in that quadrant in that section of space. So yeah, that's uh, that was a great, I would it, love to see more on uh, that, that story that you were talking about for Bozeman. That would have made it. Be, it would be uh, cool if there was an episode on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah fantastic. It would have been a nice tie in, but okay. Well, we got one more thing to do and that is our what if segment. Sure. This is the segment where we like to speculate on what if something else happened or what if this or that, whatever. We just like to have a bit of a discussion on a new idea, right? So here's my what if for you guys. The scene at the poker table where Crusher was calling out the cards and what would come next. And I mentioned it must have been a lot of fun mm -hmm. for Data to see all this happening. What if we watched this whole episode from Data's perspective? I think it would be really interesting to watch him as he watched the crew seemingly be able to predict the future over mm -hmm. and over again. It would have made for very interesting scenes, uh, like really, really interesting scenes on the ones he was in. But um, remember how we discussed, we, we saw it through Beverly's perspective, but she was in every one of those scenes, whereas Data wasn't in the... Uh, what if Data's in every one of the scenes? Yeah, what if, have, what if they'd he's, have to write him into What if we're scene? following him? What if he's the detective? Yeah. But we, we see it from his point of view where he's not able to rationalize these occurrences. He, he's... Do you think he'd figure it out quicker or slower? I don't know. That's think, what I'm... At. Let's talk about it. What, I, do, what I, do you think? I think he would go to the, uh, you know run a shipwide diagnostic mm -hmm. i think he would start doing stuff like that he would um, he would clearly need the help of the crew to assist him because mm -hmm. this whole episode is based on the crew and their feeling about mm -hmm. this repetition data doesn't have that no right the crew has that they're the ones who are able to he's essentially until the end when they explain to him look we need you to do this he's useless right yeah. he's not helping them at all because he can't feel yeah um Data in many episodes, because he's kind of my favorite character maybe in all of Star Trek, uh, or one of my very favorite characters, because I like his logical look on things. And uh, we just watched uh, Ship in a Bottle uh, with Moriarty, and uh, Data pieced it together through clues similar to this that uh, things didn't make any sense, and with enough clues he figured it out, right? Even though he didn't have the, the sense uh, that the humans do, 
uh, in this case, it's a little different. And um, or the episode where Roe and Jordy die, but really they got phased out of out of the existence. But they're on the ship still, and they're trying to get people to see them that they're okay, not so, dead. So hold on, how does he pick up clues in this episode then? Which one how, on this current one? How would you? How, uh, how because would you pick it's, up a, clues? it's a loop. It's he's only got a. Um, a specific amount of time to figure stuff out. How if, how is he going to pick up clues? If we were to do that, then I would say that he'd have to be talking to a lot more people on the ship. Did you experience any repetitions? Because that's what everybody's talking about is repetitions. Because yeah. everything's new and to him then, each time. Yeah. While the crew is able to bring feelings over from each loop, yeah. he's not. He's starting I, fresh. But if he's a detective every single loop, then he might be able to. Uh, he won't be able to send information to himself until he figures that part out. But he may, with more and more of those intuitive th- feelings getting fed to him, he might be able to he figure might pick it up out on that. More. Yeah. Like and what those voices, think, those loop voices. Maybe, maybe I. I'm kind of leaning on the fact that I think you're right. I think it's the people's feelings in this episode that are that are pushing the story forward. Yes, and. Because Data doesn't have that. Yes, I, I think at the beginning he would probably question his own programming. He would probably uh, run his own, maybe, <laughs> diagnostic on himself. Uh, he might start running diagnostics on the ship to try to find out what could be causing mm-hmm. this. But by the time any progress is made, um, I don't know, the whole ship would, re- like Groundhog Day would just reset yeah. again. And, and well, I don't know if if necessarily he'd be as successful if it wasn't for the help. No, I don't, I don't think I, I agree with you. I don't think, I don't think he would have, I don't know if he'd, he'd be able to figure it out. I don't Cause know. This, this episode is about feeling. It's about their into the, the human intuition that they have. Yes. Yes. I, I agree with much of that. The one thing that uh, mm-hmm. I think is the most important probably for clues on this entire thing is those voices. And so when they start to realize that they got to scan for those voices, you know, that what spooks Beverly every time she breaks the glass. Well, when they do that, as soon as they do that, that's the biggest clue because data filters through it, finds the eight seconds or 10 seconds of most important information. One of which is Picard saying all hands abandoned ship over and over again. That actually was a chilling recall every single time he did it. And he figures out there's an anomaly. They get sucked into another something or other and all hands is abandoned ship. So that was the biggest clue. So even without those uh, premonitions, I think after a while, Data would have, they'd do the scan for that more and more often. And uh, that alone gives enough clues for him to follow something. Uh, I I don't know if it'd be faster, but it would be something. I think from what we're talking about here, it sounds like there would be no way for Data to figure this out on his own. Probably He needs the intuition of the crew and their recollections to further his ideas along yes so maybe that's one of the reasons that he's not the detective in this story right where terry you'd mentioned that he's been detective before yes and figured things out but um maybe that's a scenario where he's following clues and um things that are tangible things tangible evidence that's placed before him where this is not like that it's 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 different and he he wouldn't be able to pick up on it and yeah, he he could probably. So I don't even know. I don't even know if he could pick up on, because every time that the loop happens, he's just seeing it again for the first time. So their behavior to him would be different, just as time. different, but just as strange each time. Yes. He wouldn't know. Like he would just be observing them in each loop, having strange behavior. Yes, but he wouldn't. He doesn't know that the strange behavior has happened four times in a row now or anything like that. He would just be observing each loop as a brand new thing. Whereas the people, the crew are observing each loop with feelings and emotions from previous loops. Does it become for data rather than emotion driving them? Does it become luck? Meaning, okay. So that key piece of evidence is the, the recordings of that eight seconds, a thousand people talking, Mm -hmm. but the, the, the key one is that. So for data, is it just luck? Okay. Eventually, he's going to stumble over that piece of information. Like, uh, it'll happen. He'll scan or something will happen, right? And over the hundreds of times or thousands of times he goes over it, one of the times would he be lucky enough to say, you know what? Maybe this is a, a loop. And then try to explore it that way. I don't think he does, though. I, but but I, I would agree with you, Terry. I, I would agree that that would happen. But I have a feeling that the voices that are being heard are strictly based off of, again, feelings. Yeah. Because in the episode, Data doesn't detect the voices at all. Yeah, they we don't, have have they don't detect anything. Actually, no, that's not true because uh, the tricorder picks it up. The tricorder well, did. But so they if c- the tricorder could, how come Data never ever did? They, they no, said- because they, they've tri- they tried a few times. They would. One of the reoccurring things was Data and Jordy would scan the ship for 
right. any sort yeah. of distortion or anomaly. Right. They did it right. It, nothing, Beverly nothing. said it that one time, and that's where they got the eight seconds. Right. As soon as she Beverly, says, she recorded do... the voices when they happened. Did right. she record it, or yeah, she, she asked did. them to do it? She recorded on her tricorder. Oh. Whenever, whenever Jordy and Data tried. They, got they some did. Weird they did a ship wide but... diagnostic, but didn't pick anything. They okay. never picked anything up. I forgot it was hers. It was I always it was just there. it was her tricorder that picked up. The, so is this another plot hole we just discovered upon? I don't no, think so. I think because it, it's going through Beverly's I, point of view. I think this things. is a, a weird episode where Data is nothing more than a tool. He's yeah. just a tool. He's a tricorder, basically. He's a yeah. tricorder. Yeah. But they they need him to get out of this episode. Mm-hmm. But he's not helping in any other way other than just being. A tool, and it's ironic, which is too. interesting. The irony yeah. is the one, the one person, Data, who gets them out of this is the one person, Data, that actually causes it. That's right, because it causes an effect it, because it was his yeah. suggestion that was wrong. That's right. Had it been yeah. Riker, it would have been funnier if his Riker's suggestion that it was would, wrong. Yeah, and Data said, "Fuck that, I'm doing my own thing," and uh, they get it. They yeah. get out because Data's idea was right, yeah. but it was Riker's idea that was right. But it was Data's Him fault. It was his idea know? that got yeah. them into all this, and yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. He gets them out, but like yeah. with not not the by his own is, choosing. He's, he's the he's, reason they they, he's they stay in it, and he's also the reason they get out of it at the end. Yeah, love but, it. Wow. All right, yeah, that's really what, good. A, what a phenomenal episode! Great episode. Yeah. All right, well, incredibly good writing. We're probably going to hit next time with what Voyager, if you'd like. Next gen <laughs> original series. We don't know. We don't even know yet. We don't even know. It's yeah. going to be great. Though. It's going to be no. whatever it is. It's going to be a great episode. Because that's all we're going to review is great episodes. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, you know the, maybe a garbage episode for fun once in a while. Was there about 750 episodes between all the Star Treks at this Yeah, something moment? like that, yeah. Out of 750, there's probably several dozen that are just phenomenal, like better than every... Oh, yeah, more ones, than, right? probably more than that. And um, and so there's lots to choose from. Yeah. But there's there's also a lot of filler. filler yeah, ones there are. Too. There are. And they have their place. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they all have the moments within them that are pretty pretty good. All right, Jay, Terry, thanks for coming. Thank you for our pleasure. See you guys next time. For sure. And thanks everyone for listening. Bye. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done. What's up, guys? I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. And we are the ongoing comic book discussion podcast, the place where one guy and one gal dive into the world of comic books one adventure at a time. That's right. You can find us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any of your favorite podcatchers. So come check out OCD Podcasts, where comic books are cool. cool.